Father, we also pray over this time as we, as we come to your word. Father, we know we need your guidance, your leading, your strength to live our lives. And so that's why each and every week we come back to your word because we need to hear you speak to us. And so, Father, again, as we come here on this Easter Sunday, we, we pray that you would speak clearly and powerfully to each one of us through your word this morning, that, that anything that could distract us, our fears and failures and frustrations or maybe even anxiety over what we need to get done over the rest of the day, Father, push that all off to the side so that we could hear you speak to us clearly and powerfully this morning. Father, we pray that you would open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what you have to say to us this morning. And all God's people said, amen. Well, we're wrapping up throughout the whole season of Lent. We've been going through um, one chapter of the Bible. We've been going through Romans chapter 8, and now today is kind of the, the end of that series, and, and we're focusing on the very last few verses of that chapter. So the last few verses of Romans. Shar, I think my clicker is not working. Ah, there we go. Clicker fight. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, it's good to celebrate, isn't it? And I think... Even more so, it's, and when I talk about celebrating, I'm talking about like really celebrating, not going home and just kind of being somewhat happy. I'm meaning a big feast, family, singing, talking, joyful laughter, kids running around like crazy, celebration. And, uh, and it's good especially to do that now because I think we all have that feeling that the last few years have not been real great, <laughs> Right? I mean, I was thinking about this two years ago. We all had to celebrate Easter in the middle of a lockdown, right? Some churches were able to pull off like a parking lot service where we all were in our own little bubbles. Um, our, we weren't able to get that pulled off, so we had to do it through a live stream and each in our own houses, and that's not great. And then we've had rioting and political unrest and tension and division. People have lost their jobs, and the job thing is still a mess, and stores were empty, and they, those stores still haven't been right ever since. Prices keep going up. And now we've got the war in Ukraine and people worrying about World War III. And so, you know, not a great couple of years. But in the midst of that, 
It's even more important to celebrate when we have the opportunity to celebrate. Because when things are kind of going rough and whatever you all have going on in your own personal life, there's, there's a temptation to just kind of wallow in frustration and self-pity and anger and just, well, there's nothing worth celebrating. I'm just going to be here and pout. Um, and then Easter rolls around and says, yeah, but Jesus Christ rose from the dead, conquered sin and death. And doesn't matter <laughs> what rough stuff is going on in your life. That stuff may stink, but Christ rose from the dead. And it's time to celebrate, no matter what's going on. Even, even in the midst of frustrating life, even in the midst of frustrating years, we need to celebrate, and we really, really need to celebrate. And, of course, what got me thinking about all this is studying our passage this week, because the passage starts off with a question, and then it gives us this long list of, like, terrible things, right? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And I read through that list and I thought, it kind of sounds like our news feed, right? Like you could hear, like, tonight's news is we have more tribulation and distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and danger and sword. And, uh, and then Paul says, if that's not bad enough, let me, let me make it worse. How about death or life or angels or rulers or things happening now or things to come or powers or heights or depth? How about something else in creation, can, can any of those things separate us from the love of Christ? And it, you start thinking about it, it really covers kind of the whole gamut. It's, it's not just, it talks about these external things that can kind of affect us and cause problems in our life, but it also talks about internal things, this internal distress. And it asks, can your own anxiety and fear separate you from the love of Christ? It talks about future things. What about, what about all those future things out there that you don't know that may happen someday, somewhere, somehow that you're worried about? Can those things separate you from the love of Christ? What about, what about spiritual powers and forces, those things that kind of make you creeped out a little bit? Can, can they come in and can they separate you from the love of Christ? Or how about death? Can death separate you from the love of Christ? And the answer is... No, none of them. And where that comes, comes into play so practically is uh, as you go home tonight or tomorrow and you, you flip on the news or as most people do, any, don't flip on the news, they pull out their social media and flip through their social media feed and read about trials and tribulations and distress and persecution and danger and sword and you start seeing all those things, it's a reminder that None of those can separate you from the love of Christ. None of them can. The pandemic can't separate us from the love of Christ, even though it just kind of keeps hanging on there, right? Your lost job can't separate you from the love of Christ. Your internal worry and anxiety can't separate you from the love of Christ. Angels and demons can't even separate you from the love of Christ. None of them can. There's only one thing that can separate us from Christ. It's our sin. Uh, we, we read this in Isaiah. It says, your iniquities or your sin 
have made a separation between you and God. I mean, it's, it's a pretty incredible thing to think about, that, that we, we kind of worry about all these other things. I mean, angels and demons aren't going to separate you from the love of God. Death can't even separate you from the love of Christ, but your own sin can. Which is why we need a Savior. Which is why we, we come on Easter Sunday and we celebrate, because Jesus, by, raised, by dying and raising from the dead, he fixed this problem. That, that our own sin causes this separation from God. And because of his life and his death and his resurrection, your sin can be forgiven. And you, you don't have to be separated from God anymore. He, he lived this perfect life that we could never live. He, he died on the cross for, for the forgiveness of your sins, to pay the penalty for your sins. And then he rose again from the dead to show that he has victory over sin and death. And he did that all so that we wouldn't have to be separated from God anymore. You can't earn it. You can't go to church enough times to get it. You can't, you can't live a good life to get it. You only receive that gift of salvation through faith. You, you, you turn from your sin and you grab hold of Jesus. You say, I trust you. I trust you to forgive my sin. I trust you with my life I'm going to follow you. And then you do that, you get salvation, forgiveness, newness of life, and then you're united with him. And he says, now you're mine, and I've got you in my hand, and I will never let you go. And then, then you go through life knowing that absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Not even your own sin can separate you from the love of Christ at that point because Jesus took care of that sin on the cross. And, and that's kind of the beauty of, of this chapter in Romans. The, the very first verse says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it ends and says, and guess what? There's no separation for those who are in Christ Jesus either. He's got you. He's not letting you go. You are not going anywhere. And nothing can rip you from his hands. And it ends and says, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And we can have that level of confidence because we can look at Christ and see that he loved us. That, that this confidence doesn't, isn't based on our love for Christ. It's not, it's not that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ because we're holding on to Jesus so greatly because I think we're all aware of how weak we are. Like if, if this was reliant on me and me being able to hold on to Jesus, I would fail immediately. But my confidence become, comes because Christ said, I love you, I've got you, I will hold on to you, and you're not going anywhere. And that's why nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. But when, when we talk about the, the love of Christ, it's important to, to clarify a few things. Um, it's important to understand when it talks about nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, it's not just talking about um, a warm, fuzzy feeling that Jesus has for you. Um, so it's not saying that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what goes on, Jesus will always have a warm, fuzzy feeling toward you in his heart. And some people think, yeah, that's great, but I can't pay my bills. I don't care what Jesus feels about me in his heart. Like, help me pay his bills. Well, the love 
Scripture, the Bible teaches us that love is always more than a feeling. It's not less than a feeling, but it's more than a feeling. That, that love is, is feelings that end up working themselves out into actions. That's why, as Christians, it says, let us not love in word and talk, but in deed and in truth. And so, so love is always something that comes out of our lips and comes out of our fingertips. And so if we want to understand how Christ loved us and how much he loved us, we look at his life. We look at what he did and what he said. And that's why we're told we know what love is because Christ laid down his life for us. We can look at Christ and see the way that he loved us by the way that he lived and died and rose again. That if you think back and you read through the Gospels and it describes all of these, the life of Jesus... You can look at every moment of his life and say, he lived that moment of his life because he loved me. Every moment of his life was lived because he, lived, he loved you. And then, and then you can look at him hanging on the cross on, on Good Friday and know that he endured all of that pain and suffering because he loved you. You can see him rising from the dead. Why? Because he loved you. His victory over sin and death was because he loved you. And where that comes powerfully is that, that we, we look back and we see all of the ways that Christ loved us through his life, death, and resurrection. And we can see that nothing stopped him from loving us then. Now, what's going to stop him from loving us now? Nothing. What's going to stop him from loving us in the future? Nothing. Nothing prevented him from living and dying and rising again. And nothing's going to prevent him from continuing to love you now and in the future. And that means loving you with more than a feeling but with an active love. And nothing will separate you from that active love. Which is pretty amazing. But then this passage kind of builds on that. And it says, even in the midst of all of those tribulations, nothing's going to separate you from Christ's love. But also in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And I read one commentator and he said, you know, this teaches us that we're, we're always struggling but we'll always emerge. Which is true, right? That, that's conquering. To, to conquer is to, to like emerge from struggle, victorious in some way, shape, or form. But, but this passage says more than that, doesn't it? It doesn't say that we're just conquerors that will just emerge victorious it says we are more than conquerors and I got this image in my head that's maybe somewhat helpful but maybe not as helpful but I think it helps us understand what does it mean to be more than a conqueror Um, I'm not sure how many of you have ever been at the finish line of a running race um, and watching the runners come across the, the finish line um But there's typically two types of people crossing the finish line at a race. You have conquerors and you have more than conquerors, (laughs) right? The the conquerors are the ones, they made it to the finish line, but they hated every minute of it. And you can see it all over here, right? Their face is all distorted, as this is typically me. Their face is all distorted. Their, like, muscles are cramping up. They're limping. They're they're looking like they want to just, like, crawl on their hands and knees across the finish line. But, hey... They finished. They, they conquered. 
But then you have the, the kind of like more than conquerors coming across the line. Like they've got a smile on their face. They got a spring in their step. They look like they just got done with like a Nike photo shoot. They're thinking about like the next race they're going to run that afternoon. You know, and like, you know, they like more than conquered the race. And so, like, there, there's hope in just knowing that, that we can conquer through, through Christ who gives us strength, right? Like, there, there's hope in being able to kind of look out in front of you and see trials and persecution and danger and sword. To see all of that out in front of you like an obstacle course and have the hope that I will make it to the end somehow, some way, even if I'm crawling across the finish line, right? Like, that's, there's some hope in that, but there's more hope in knowing that you'll more than conquer. And I'm not going to guarantee you're going to get through that obstacle course looking like you're ready to go to, like, a Nike photo shoot. I'm, I'm not saying that. But, but the promise is that you'll get through that obstacle course and you'll finish well with a little spring in your step yet. Not just crawling on your hands and knees, but you will finish well because Christ loved you. And, and this all connects to what we talked about from our passage last week. So last week our passage taught us that, that through Christ we have this confidence that, that all things are working together for our good. That all the trials and difficulties and temptations in our life, they're all working together for our good, and that good is to kind of shape us to become more like Jesus Christ. And that's also part of this being more than a conqueror, that, that you can look at the obstacle course out in front of you, know that you'll make it through, but also know that God is taking every one of those obstacles in front of you, and he's going to use it for your good. He's going to use that so that you would become more like Jesus Christ. And that's really what more than conquering is, isn't it? When it takes a trial and a difficulty and it takes it, flips it on its head and then turns it into a blessing. And, and we know that's how God works because, well, we're here on Easter Sunday. Amen? I mean, we, we look at the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and and think about Jesus life and then think about the list of difficulties we read this morning in our passage and Jesus endured all of them tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness danger sword death angels rulers power he endured all of them and he conquered he overcame but he did more than that, didn't he? he? He more than conquered all of those things. And, you know, if Jesus would have just conquered, he would have just kind of like finished and died. Or he would have finished, died, rose again, and just took off and did his own thing. Which would have still been interesting. But it wouldn't have been more than conquering. Instead, Jesus endured all of those things, rose victorious from the grave, and then said, I'm going to pour out blessing on all those who turn to me by faith. And so he took the, the evil, wickedness, trial and difficulty of his life and his death and flipped it all on its head so that he could pour out blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing on his people. The blessings that continue for thousands and thousands and will continue for eternity. Um, 
That really is more than conquering. And that's really the, the promise and, and the celebration that we have today on Easter. In, in this service, but as we go home and eat with family and hang out and celebrate, the reminder is that Jesus more than conquered sin and the grave. And, and he more than conquered in such a way that blessings just keep pouring out on his people. That, that through Jesus' life, through his death, through his resurrection, we can have our sins forgiven, and then we can be reunited with God. And then we have this hope that when we're united with God, nothing will ever separate us. Nothing. And then he promises victory at the end. Not, not only that he's going to hold on to us, but, but he will hold on to us and pull us through all of the obstacle course of life in front of us. Pull us through to the end and we will finish the race. And we'll finish well. We won't just crawl across the finish line and collapse. We'll finish well because we're more than conquerors. And, and every trial and obstacle on the way he'll use for our blessing. And that's really why it's so important for us to, to celebrate even when things in life don't feel like they're worth celebrating. Even when they're, we feel kind of weighed down and burdened by difficulties in our life and Easter rolls around, you need to celebrate anyway, even if you don't feel like it. Why? Because celebration causes you to lift your eyes up above the difficulties for a little bit. Um, see beyond those to the truth that Christ rose from the dead and that he's made you more than a conqueror. <laughs> and that even in, this, in the trials and difficulties of this life, he will pull you through And so, so celebration lifts us up, reminds us of those promises, and then gives us strength to keep moving on. So go home, eat, drink, celebrate, hang out with family and laugh, and keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, the one who more than conquered sin and more than conquered the grave. Let's come to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come in awe of what you've done. If we were to write this story, we would have written it completely differently, and it would have been much more boring. And yet we know that you are our good God writing this story, and so we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the way that you sent Jesus into the world to die and to rise forgiveness of our sins. And and Father, we come and, and we confess, we admit that we often just kind of live our lives and we kind of forget those things and we live like, like you're not our God, you're not our Savior. We live like we're our own Savior doing our own thing. So Father, we, we just confess that to you. We ask that you forgive us. We ask that you continue to turn our hearts back to you that we would hold on to you, grab hold of you by faith. And, and Father, we pray that your spirit would continue to work in each one of us, um, reminding us of these truths, but just implanting it on our heart. Help us to truly know deep down in our souls that Christ loved us and lived for us and died for us and rose again for us. Help us, help us to know deep down in our souls that nothing can separate us from his love. 
And help us to know deep down in our souls that through Christ we are more than conquerors in this life. And then, Father, help those truths to overflow out of our souls, out of our lips as we go home to our Easter dinners. May we have joy and celebration together, giving you all the praise and the glory that you deserve because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.